is the Lions Unchained podcast, where the shackles of your mind are broken. There comes a time when we either embrace the truth or remain in darkness forever. The Lions Unchained podcast offers you the light of God's truth. The rest is up to you. Join Carl Joseph now for a powerful, life-changing word. Friend, Hayward Brown once said, Nobody talks so constantly about God as those who insist that there is no God. Today we will discuss one little word, and that word is atheism. Now, atheism has been defined as the dogmatic denial of the existence of God, or more specifically, a personal God. There's a mindset today that atheism is merely choosing not to believe in God, or there's no such thing as God, because mankind has yet to provide any tangible evidence for his existence. Trouble is, Scripture makes it very clear in the book of Romans that this mindset is actually a symptom of a rebellious heart, because God has indeed revealed himself through two branches, namely his creation and our conscience, so that man is without excuse for acknowledging Almighty God's existence. I'm sure you're familiar with this passage regarding God's creation, but let me read it for you now. Romans 1.20 says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Who's they? That's us. And that's the tragedy concerning this atheistic business. Although people play ignorant to God's existence, they're in fact without excuse and in denial of him. You cannot play the ignorance card with God, friend, because his creation bears witness. When we see this splendorous creation all around us, according to God, we are without excuse and guilty if we don't acknowledge his handiwork. And just as I've said in previous broadcasts, our conscience bears witness to the existence of God as well, whether we're saved or not. Our conscience is an innate gift from God that we may ascertain between good and evil, and the choice is always ours. We have the final say as to which path we choose, as the scripture says in Romans 2.15, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness friend. God's law is written in our hearts. We know right from wrong. But as I've said previously, the conscience can become wounded, seared, or even callous if we're not careful. If we continue in sin unabated, the unction of God's Spirit will diminish until we reach a dangerous place called reprobation. And heaven forbid that anyone listening would ever get to that stage in their lives. Now, the Greeks, of course, were lovers of wisdom and really promulgated this idea of atheism. In other words, there's just a universe or cosmos and nothing more, which begs the question, where exactly did this universe come from? Scientists have postulated that in the beginning there was a Big Bang, and according to the Big Bang model, the universe expanded rapidly from a highly compressed primordial state, which resulted in a significant decrease in density and temperature. Okay, but that doesn't explain how it started, why it started, and who was there to observe this Big Bang in the first place. You see, scientists in general have become the new priesthood of the 21st century, espousing that only they are qualified to reveal truth based on empirical observation, and those of a religious disposition like us remain in the dark as to how our universe began. Listen, they can observe till the cows come home, but entrance into God's kingdom has and always will be based upon faith, not empiricism. 
In fact, many scholarly and learned gentlemen who have performed heroic acts for their country, like Thomas Paine, still stubbornly refuse to acknowledge the reality of God. Paine, who was a Brit and immigrated to America in 1787, had leaped from obscurity to fame after writing some brilliant pamphlets on freedom. But then he made a fatal mistake. He began to write his masterpiece called The Age of Reason, which scoffed at Christianity. This will destroy the Bible, he predicted. Within a hundred years, Bibles will be found only in museums or in musty corners of second-hand bookstores, unquote. His book was published in London in 1794, but it brought him so much misery and loneliness that he once said, I would give worlds if I had them, had the Age of Reason never been written. Paine eventually became a bedridden invalid until he died, friendless and alone, in 1809. And perhaps surprisingly to Paine, the Bible has remained a bestseller to this very day. So atheists offer what they consider to be good and sufficient reasons for believing that no God exists. And here are the four most common objections used by atheists. Number one, the fact that evil exists. Number two, the apparent purposelessness of life. Number three, random occurrence in the universe. And number four, the first law of thermodynamics. In other words, energy can never be created or destroyed is evidence that the universe needs no creator. In response to this, I'd like to address these objections one by one with you. So, point number one is pertinent, because those who have a Christian worldview realize, of course, that a rogue cherub named Lucifer is responsible for the entrance of evil into this world through his downfall. Lucifer fell from grace long before man did, friend. In Isaiah chapter 14 and Ezekiel chapter 28, we learn that Lucifer rebelled against God. And by the way, you might not have heard this term Lucifer unless you have a copy of the King James or the New King James, because his name cannot be found in any other translation. Anyway, this fallen angel sought to tempt man in the Garden of Eden. He was successful, and four curses were consequently invoked upon God's creation, including man, as a result of this satanic suggestion. Satan was cursed, man was cursed, the woman was cursed, and finally the earth was cursed. Remember that? Because of this tragic incident, we now experience evil, and both death and sickness came into existence because of Adam's original sin. Therefore, man is currently blinded, not only to his terminal sinful condition, but to the existence of Satan, his blinder. Sure, man can sense evil all around him, but the cause of it remains hidden to him. Point number two, the apparent purposelessness of life. Well, I hate to break it to the atheist, but just because there seems to be no apparent purpose doesn't mean there isn't. Think about it. How can the creation, that's us, possibly know our purpose without checking in with the creator and finding out? Our Creator God has designed each and every one of us for His good pleasure and purpose, and we can only find fulfillment in this lifetime when we make a connection with our Creator. It's often when we make this connection can we be creative ourselves. Calvin Coolidge once said, It is hard to see how a great man can be an atheist. Doubters do not achieve, skeptics do not contribute, and cynics do not create. Point number three, random occurrence in the universe. Well, like I said, there is much random in this world because it's cursed. The four curses pronounced on creation in Genesis chapter three means the world is prone to accidents, crisis, calamity, sickness, and a whole host of machinations that the earth never asked for, but is itself groaning to be freed from this bondage until Christ's return. 
And finally, point number four, the first law of thermodynamics. The very fact that there are numerous physical and spiritual laws in the universe points to a creator in opposition to random occurrence by happenstance. If I was to stumble across a Rolex watch in the middle of a field, I wouldn't assume that that metal formulated itself and the cogs randomly came together over time. No, the intricacy of its design points to a designer, just as innate laws point to a lawgiver. I remember my old sixth form teacher back in high school, Mr. Malone. I'll never forget him. Anyway, he said to us that if you locked up 12 chimpanzees in a room, that over the course of one million years, they would have written the complete works of Shakespeare. Wait, what? Are you kidding me? You will have a room full of poop, if nothing else. But evolutionists insist that given vast expanses of time, anything is possible. But common sense tells us that over millennia, chimpanzees have not exhibited evolution and remain the same. Friend, you may not realize, but according to God's word, there is a seven-step descent into reprobation and one which you should be well aware of. I'm going to read to you now this passage in Romans and pay close attention. Chapter 1, verse 21. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever." Friend, as we progressively deny the reality of God and glorify him not, our hearts can become foolish and gravitate toward the denial of God's very existence. India and China in particular are prime examples of cultures prone to the idol worship of graven images. But each nation has its own spiritual challenges, so I'm not pointing fingers at the Far East. If we choose not to glorify God, our imaginations become darkened. In the 19th century, atheism found expression through a series of four great systems. Positivism, secularism, pessimism, and socialism. The doctrine of evolution, which was given scientific standing by Darwin's Origin of Species in 1859, became almost at once the prime support and stay of the atheistic propaganda at the time, and still does today. In every department of thought, evolution is supposed to account for everything, while itself needing no accounting for. Why? Because it's a theory, not fact, and requires faith to believe in its tenets. Men like Feuerbach, Strauss, Florence, During, Vogt, Buchner, Haeckel, and Nietzsche united in the 19th century in a common proclamation of dogmatic atheism, and probably in no period since the advent of Christianity has atheism been proclaimed with more confidence or accepted more widely than during this time period. These men laid the foundations of secularism, which is the mainstay for the vast majority of universities and colleges in our nation today. And all the while, its atheistic foundation, namely evolution, has never once been proven yet and never will. You see, atheism does not provide an adequate answer as to why anything exists when it is not necessary for anything at all to exist. They claim to be rational, but why choose to be rational in a random universe? It makes no sense. Non-existence of everything in the world is possible, yet the world does exist. If there is no cause for its existence, there is no reason why the world exists in the first place. 
And what about morality? Atheists can believe in morality, but they cannot justify this belief. Why should anyone be good unless there is a definer of goodness who holds people accountable? It's one thing to say that hate, racism, genocide, and rape are wrong, but if there's no ultimate standard of morality, then how can these things be wrong? The point is, a moral prescription implies a moral prescriber. And finally, if atheism is true, that truth in itself implies there's such a thing as objective truth. Most atheists do not believe that atheism is true only for them. But if atheism is true, there must be a basis for objective truth, right? Truth is a characteristic of our mind, and objective truth implies an objective mind beyond our finite minds, who defined that truth to begin with and placed it within our very being. In closing, friend, the truth is, those who hold to atheism are in fact in denial and exhibiting a form of rebellion. God's word makes it clear that his majestic creation and our gift of conscience bears witness to his very existence, and atheists are without excuse, no matter how much they protest their ignorance. If you have an atheist acquaintance right now, don't try to debate science or philosophy with them all day long, but instead tell them how much the Lord loves them, share testimonies of God's goodness, and share the gospel. As far as they're concerned, it's not about a clash of minds. They want to know that you love them and care for them, and you need to show that. I've had many debates with people down the years, but a man convinced against his will is divided still. Often these debates are fruitless and people's emotions get stirred as they defend their position. Instead, share God's word lovingly and let your light shine before men. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who's witnessed God's supernatural power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl is a unique researcher who investigates current affairs, societal trends, technology, cults, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button.